Elementary music teacher friend, you love what you do, but you might feel unappreciated and, in fact, unseen some days. You may even feel like you're on a music teacher island and just want to connect with other music teachers who can relate to both your struggles and wins when it comes to teaching elementary music. I get you and understand completely the feelings you're having. That's why each and every week, the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast will provide you with solo and guest episodes that will help you realize you're not alone in your music teaching journey. Throughout each episode, my goal is for you to be able to walk away with actionable steps and ideas to help you feel like you're ready to take on the new week with whatever challenges may be thrown your way. Hi, I'm your host, Jessica Peresta, and I'm so glad you're here. Whether you're at home, in your car, in the shower, or wherever else you're listening, grab your cup of coffee or whatever other beverage is nearby and listen in to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. Well, hello there. Welcome back to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. You're listening to episode 123, and today I'm going to talk about using technology as a music teacher while still being you. Here's the thing is everybody's different. Some teachers are really, really, really good at technology. They always have been. They have been that way for years and years, even before the pandemic hit. And then there's some teachers where technology has just never been your strong suit. And that's okay. Because just like you encourage your students to be different and to be individuals and to be completely who they have been created to be, the same goes for you as a music teacher. You don't have to do things the same way as anyone else, even when it comes to technology. So this episode is actually a Facebook Live replay. And every Thursday on my Facebook page, the domestic musician, I go live to talk about different topics that are near and dear to my heart that week. Sometimes they're similar to podcast episodes and sometimes they're really different and a lot of them are actually about mindset. So come and join me every Thursday for that. And also in the free Facebook group, the Elementary Music Teacher Community, I stream the Facebook Lives to that group as well. But this episode is taken directly from that Facebook Live because after I did the live, I got so much feedback about how teachers said it really helped them to keep moving forward and to not stay stuck in trying to do all the things, but that it was okay to simplify And to remember that even if they are using a lot of technology, they're still the music teacher and you're still the music teacher. So listen into this episode. I really think it's going to help you with using technology, how to use it and how to keep moving forward while you get to be you. Every Thursday, I am going to go live on my Facebook page, and I am streaming this to my amazing elementary music teachers community Facebook group, and I'm going to go live every Thursday at whatever time I feel inspired. So today, right now is that time. So if you're watching the replay, welcome. I'm so glad to have you. And every week, I just kind of want to come on and kind of talk about what's on my heart for that week. Well, what's on my heart right now is obviously technology. And um, if you're watching this and you have already started school or maybe you're in professional development or maybe you started school this week or you might've been in for like a month now or just a couple days, or you maybe just, you haven't even seen your students yet and you might be going back next week. 
every single teaching situation is different. You may be showing up to teach live. You may be pre-recording videos and sending them to your students. You might just be providing links on technology for your students to go and explore music that way. You might be watching this and you're a parent and you are a, either helping your child learn virtually through a virtual classroom situation or, um, or you're homeschooling and you're just needing music ideas and how are you supposed to like provide technology ideas for your kiddos with music when a lot of the in-person music classes are closed right now, to be honest. So I'm going to share my ideas and thoughts on this and what I view technology as and ways to use technology for yourself and your students. Now, I want to preface this by saying every single person is different. And what I mean by that is when it comes to technology, there are some people who are very technology, technological, is that the word I'm looking for? Technological savvy. I don't think that's what I'm, you know what I mean? Are really good at technology where they can see like all these different websites and all these different ways of creating a Google classroom and a Google, I feel like something's on my nose, sorry. So um, creating different Google slides and a Google classroom and Google forms and getting off of Google. They're using Zoom and they're using Loom and they're using Screentastify and 845 other different technologies. And it's just like, cool, got it. And then there's those of you, this is the category I'm in, where you have to really do your research and teach yourself and kind of, uh, it's overwhelming when you hear about all the new stuff, but you just got to get in there and do it. And by doing it is how you figure it out. That's exactly how I, actually how I've always learned. And technology has never come easy to me. It is something that is kind of overwhelming when you hear about it, yet another technology coming out and you're like, hold on, what do I do? So I get it. So let's talk about that. How can you move forward with technology? Well, first of all, we're, I'm gonna give you some actual strategies and sites, but right now I just wanna kinda talk about my thoughts behind it. Know who you are. And I have mentioned this before in um, another Facebook Live or podcast episode or whatever, but you, you have to be comfortable with who you are. If you're overwhelmed right now, maybe part of the reason is whatever your teaching situation looks like. Maybe part of the reason you might be overwhelmed is because you're trying to do things that are out of your comfort zone, okay? Which there's gonna always be things out of your comfort zone, no matter where, you, how you find yourself teaching, right? But what I mean by that is maybe your, your particular school district or school has said you're using these particular things, like maybe they're asking you to use Google Classroom, or maybe you're using Schoology or whatever, whatever you've been asked to use, and you're like, okay, I figured that out. But then you see someone providing information about all these other things they're using too that you could use as well. And you could, oh, they're saying I could, like, I could put a Bitmin G inside of a Google Classroom, and I could send links to these kids, and then I could add this website, and then I can send, oh, and not only Google Classroom, I can use this other, you know, this other thing too, and, and then you just start getting stuck. So for me personally, um, I've created, I have a website, a podcast. Um, and I'm not saying any of this to brag. I'm saying it for a purpose. The reason I'm telling you this is when I started my business five years ago, even before that, when I, anytime I use technology, I always just go with the simplest route, not to just like get by and be like, well, it's going to be simple and not, and I don't mean like for it to sound like simple is not bad. And I feel like that term gets a bad rap. Like if you don't do a lot of things or you keep it simple, then your kiddos aren't getting the best experience. Who says that? A lot of that, a lot of things are in here, right? Your mind plays tricks on you. And, and so 
what I'm saying is this, when I started my website and my podcast, like the simplest, what's the simplest way I can get this going? Then over time, I have built it up and played around with the pages on my website and things. Podcast, use some quick recording thing. In fact, a lot of my podcast episodes, I started out by just recording on my phone before I figured out what, how do I use a mic? How do I, how do I edit? What do I do? I didn't know how to do any of it. So for you, this year is about keeping it simple, right? What is the simplest way you as a teacher can use technology for yourself, okay? So yes, you're gonna have some guidelines. You're gonna have some, um, you know, where your principal is saying, or as a school building, we are all using this um, particular thing. And you will not necessarily even use it the same way as any other teacher in your school building because you all teach different subjects, right? Also, if you talk to any music teacher from neighboring schools, online, other districts, whatever, you're going to also find out that they are using the same piece of technology, possibly Google Classroom. I'll just keep using that as an example, but they're not going to use it the same way you use it. Why? Because you're infusing your personality into it. You're, you're not them. They're not you. And so get ideas. But if you have all your whole system planned out, you have it written out, you have exactly, you know exactly what you want to do with what grade level and when and how and who, and then you see all these other ideas coming, it doesn't mean you have to implement them. It doesn't mean that you can't implement them in the future, but right now, remember the goal is to keep it simple and to show up for your students and to be there for them and to teach music. Then it's like, I feel like I keep using a cake as an example um, this past week for some reason. Uh, but it's like laying a cake. Okay, you're right here right now, right? You're like, I just got to get it going. I'm going to have a one layer cake. Then I can add this other idea and maybe like in a few months. Then maybe next school year, I'm going to actually add this too. Or when I have time to work on it on one of my breaks from school, which take a break when you have a break from school, okay? Like, I'm not telling you work over a break, but whenever you have time, like a day off or professional development day or whatever it might be, then you can start looking at some of these other options. With that said, don't add too many things because it's going to overwhelm you and keep it simple. Okay, so that's the first thing I wanted to say is on the teaching side of things. Now, for your students, um, let's say you are strictly teaching virtually. Um, well, what you're going to do is how you send home if okay if your kiddos are learning virtually let's talk about it that way if your students are learning virtually it's overwhelming because you're like okay i have to record myself teaching lessons and we're going to talk about ways to keep that simple too um, i have to record myself teaching lessons i need to send them activities to do at home or to different music websites um, and then you know i still got to figure out a way to assess them and all the things and maybe come on a zoom call or we have a google classroom call or whatever it might be um, so how do you keep that simple? Okay, so think about kids. First of all, I have three kids of my own and I can tell you right now, I'm just from helping them like with their work and stuff is when they open up even a Google Classroom, a lot of times just getting them logged in is the hardest part, let's be honest, it takes forever. But once they're in there, a lot of times, even if the teacher leaves specific instructions, they're still like, where do I click? It could say click here and they still are like, what do I do? Y'all know that as teachers, like you could give kids a million directions. And to be honest, if I can, you know, between you and I, um, I feel like that with working with teachers sometimes, I will have like 27 instructions and I'll still get an email and saying, how do I do it? And I'm like, I don't, and I give it, or I'll leave a video like explaining it. I'm like, I don't know, what, where did I like, where was the breakdown? It's honestly, first of all, think of all the different learning styles you have, even if you're teaching kids virtually. You're going to have so many kids that are just like on it and they're, they don't need very many, you know, redirectives and instructions. They got it. And then you're going to have the kids that are like, 
what do I, what do you want me to do? And so thinking of that goes back to leaving it simple. Okay. You could have the fanciest schmanciest site in the whole entire world, but if your kids can't even navigate it without even a parent's help, then, you know, is it really like, you got to keep it simple for these kiddos. Okay. Yes. That even goes for like fifth graders. Okay. Cause you guys know, even though they're fifth graders, you're going to saw those kids that click over to your Google classroom and then are sitting there like, I don't know what she asked me to do. So I'm just going to sit here and stare at the wall. And so <laughs> leave it as simple as you can. Okay. So I told you I was going to leave you with some relevant ideas to walk away with. Now, if you, um, Okay, so I'm all about keeping it simple. So on the teaching side of things, whether you are teaching virtually, rolling that cart to a classroom, kids are still coming to your music room, you're teaching from your music room and the kids are at home, or you're pre-recording yourself teaching, there are ways to keep it simple. First, first thing I wanna say is, when you're recording yourself teaching a lesson, you have to think that you're teaching students obviously you're like well duh no i mean like if you're recording yourself and you're sending it their way there are different ways to record yourself first of all you could just grab your phone put it on a holder um i literally don't know what my problem is but i lose my phone holder all the time and so you will see me like this and so but use your phone it doesn't matter if it's an iphone an android i don't care just use your phone to record yourself teaching if you um don't want to do it that way a lot of times you can go live on something like Screen Tastify is a great one to record a screen. So if you're sharing slides with your students and you would like them to see it, I also use Loom. Loom you can use from your phone or your computer. You can, it's a Chrome um, plugin, but also your phone. I have used, Loom is so simple. The, what, all you do is you're recording yourself and then you just send it out through an email link or you can copy the link of that video and share it to wherever you're, you want to, your students to watch that particular teaching video. Um, now let's talk about editing. There's so many other ways to record yourself teaching. So I'm not going to get into all of the ways because we'll be here all day long, but I want to give you some strategies in how to do that. What, whatever technology platform you're using, you can share to YouTube as an unlisted video where people just can't go to YouTube and find it and then share it with your students that way as well. But what I want to say is when it comes to teaching on a video, it's so different than teaching in person. So when I said you have to still think about the fact that you're teaching your kids, even if you're just staring at a camera, this is awkward, you know? Like I can see sometimes like in the comments who's commenting or I know who's watching or I know people will be watching the replay, but you really just honestly, let's be honest, feel like you're talking to yourself. And I may do this like in my life. I talk to myself sometimes, I'm not gonna lie, but talking to a camera like you're talking to yourself is way different. It feels so weird. So. You could even like have a picture of some of your students. This may sound weird, but honestly, I've done this before. So it makes me feel like I'm talking to people right behind your webcam or whatever you're talking to. You put a picture there. So it looks like you're still talking to kids. Okay. Or you could have a picture of them on your screen while you have your box of your face on your computer. So it looks like you're still talking to them. And then when the video is recorded, don't, I've seen some teachers that are like, okay, this literally came in my email inbox the other day. Someone said they recorded themselves, there's, themselves themselves teaching and then they spent eight hours that day planning the lesson recording the lesson and editing the lesson uploading the lesson and sending it out i went eight hours i don't think i've ever spent eight hours on a podcast a video uh, anything and so i asked him i said well what are you do like what's what's taking eight hours like i don't understand 
the editing part of it, they said. I went, what are you trying to do to this video? Like, what's going on? You have, you may have seen me do a Facebook Live before. Sometimes I use, um, I use what's called B.Live. They do have a free version. It just will have the B Live in the corner. So I use B, it's called B.Live. StreamYard is another one where you can um, use um, captions in your videos. But sometimes I do it just like this. I'm just talking to the camera. I don't have any uh, any agenda, like bullet points is what I'm trying to say. I just keep it simple. But do you know what I do after these Facebook Lives or after I record a video or after I do, like last night my Harmony members had a member call um, and I'm gonna upload it later. Do you know how much editing I do on those? Nothing. You know why? Because nobody cares. <laughs> You're like, whoa, she's harsh. But I mean it. like. A podcast is different. I have to edit some things out and think, but still, when I edit a podcast, it doesn't take me that long. And so if you are struggling with the perfectionist and like you're wanting to edit your videos you're sending to your students and you're like, oh my gosh, what if I get judged? Or what if I sneeze? Or what if I coughed in this video? Or what if I accidentally said a sentence that wasn't appropriate, not like appropriate, but what if I, I made a joke and I don't think it's going to go over well? Or what if I ended and the kids can see me, I finger like this, trying to figure out how to end. Or I think the video ended and then I'm sitting like this and this, and you know, the spinning circle of death is going like this leave all that in. Why? Because the kids need to see you're human. And I feel like it's so important that people, are, people get so, I'm speaking to myself. I am like one of the biggest perfectionists and I will not be afraid to own that. But when I got to the point where I was like, why am I so stressed out about making everything so rigid and perfect? When I started being myself and I just started like not caring about all those little tiny things I just mentioned, nobody cared as much as I thought they would. Your students are not gonna care if you cough, if you sneeze, if you say um, something or if you're like, oh, I forgot what I was saying, give me a minute. Or oops, that's not the lesson plan I meant to pull up or whatever. They're not gonna care as much as you think they are. So when you're editing a video, maybe just cut out a beginning and the end part where you're, you know, starting and ending and maybe that's it. Or maybe you just post it as is. Yes, Rachel, yes. And so it's hard because, okay, here's when we talked about teaching to your kids, on a camera like you would in the classroom, okay? I wanna say this too. When you, I don't know what you do in your classroom, but I can tell you right now, teaching kids for me in my classroom, I would joke with them. I would stumble over my words. <laughs> I would like start a lesson and it was completely not, or thinking I was gonna do a certain song and then start the song with these kids and we would all just start laughing because it did not go over well. And we would joke about it and just like, play and have fun and of course teaching is important but put your personality in the video too don't edit that stuff out it's so fun how many of you like watching bloopers like on shows or youtube videos or facebook lives or whatever and you know that when the people leave those parts in it's so fun why because it shows their personality and it shows that these people are human and they're not just like robots my favorite people to connect with with anything in life not just music music people is the people who are real and you can see their personality and you can see they're honest and same thing with kids would you want to watch as a child would you want to watch a teacher on video who's just very dry and next we did our warm-up i'm going to teach you this new song now click over to google classroom i left a link there for you ready go and the kids are like what <laughs> you know what i mean so i'm not meaning like jump in and be like a clown the whole time 
but be like, be you, okay? Don't be afraid to be you is what I'm saying. If technology's tripping you up, I get it. Technology, everybody and their mama right now is using Zoom, right? And so you're going to have those days where I call it the spinning circle of death because it happens to me pretty much daily where you do this. You see this circle just spinning and you're waiting and you're like, or anytime you try to upload a video and you see that circle where it says 10 minutes left and you're like, yeah, right. Is this a joke? Because you know, like it, 10 minutes is going to really be five hours. Let's, let's be honest. I've had videos take that long. If that's the case where it's taking you eight hours, like I mentioned that email I got, and it's something out of your control, you leave that video to edit for like eight hours because it's like, it's not your fault, it's the technology's fault, and you walk away and do something else, okay? But what I'm saying is, when it comes to recording yourself, if you're doing a pre-recorded video or showing up and teaching live, be you, don't worry about the missteps, don't worry about the stumbling over your words, don't worry about if it doesn't flow the way it looks like it's supposed to on paper, but that lesson plan, you guys know, when it looks like something on paper, but then you take it off the paper and you actually implement the lesson, it doesn't always go the way the paper says it's supposed to go. And be okay with that too. Be okay with if you didn't get through step one through eight on your lesson plan, and you only got through like two things, be okay with that this year. There's gonna be so many things you're figuring out like, how long does it take me to roll this cart down the you know hallway to this classroom? How, how early do I need to stop in order to get to the next classroom that literally, thank you for my schedule, whoever created it is completely across the other end of the school building. Okay, um, I'm noticing as I'm teaching these kids, which I know a lot of you are in this situation, as I'm teaching these kids on the computer, they're at their houses, but I got these little children right here staring at me in my actual classroom and I'm supposed to teach them at the same time. Like, what in the world? Okay, so obviously, I'm not going to be able to go through all eight points because I'm going to have to redirect the computer kids. And then the kids over here looking at me, and they're like staring at the computer screen because they want to see their friends. And they're doing this while I'm teaching. You got to let a lot of that go this year, okay? Um, it's so funny because people think just because, like, I'm on a Facebook Live right now, they're like, oh, Jessica must know everything about technology. False. No, I do not, like, at all. Trust me. You have no idea. Google is my best friend. How many times I go to Google, I'm like, how do you plug a microphone into the computer like honestly you guys you have no idea like don't be afraid to ask those questions we're not all like we don't all just know how to do stuff like we just and every i don't know if you're anything like me but it feels like once you figure something out there's like 20 pieces of technology for students and for teaching that comes out and you're like wait hold on i just figured this stuff out like what the heck it's like when you feel like you can't keep up with like trends with clothing okay i guess i'm you know I'm, I, I don't know, like this, this clothing came in style and you feel like you're like, okay, I finally caught up to the times and then a new thing comes out and you're like, come on, like whatever. So just be you, okay? I would suggest sending, having things created a couple of different ways. And this is the way I've been creating things for teachers too, um, is some PDF stuff. So if you are in the classroom, you can literally just hand out these papers. Like if we're doing composers, hand out these PDFs about here's this composer, read about him, write about him, research him, listen to these songs by him or whatever, or her, okay? And then you make like a digital version. Here's the same composer's virtual students. We're doing the same thing, but you guys are gonna do it virtually. Well, we're over here doing it in person and two different options. So um, that's an idea. Another, there's so many amazing orchestra websites. I'm thinking about the San Francisco, um, orchestra for kids. I might be saying that wrong. Sorry. Um, Classics for Kids is an amazing site that has so many different music games. New York Philharmonic for Kids has a website. Oh, yes, it's Sphinx Kids. S P 
phinxkids.org. These are all amazing websites that you can just, you can do in your classroom or you can do with your students at home. This year is going to be really technology heavy. And maybe you're not technology, can't say that word today. We're going to say tech savvy because I can't say the big word. Maybe you're not tech savvy and maybe you're like, listen, okay, I don't feel like linking all the links to all the things in my Google Classroom, but I sure as heck can send my kids a website to explore. We can go on um, Chrome Music Lab together and definitely create music there. We can definitely do that. We can write music together. We can explore music together. I can send samples of music for my kids to listen to and send them a virtual worksheet to fill out, or maybe not. I could just, I could even just say, fill out this worksheet and screenshot it to me. Okay, maybe you don't you don't know how to even like link it all up. That's okay. So any orchestra website, website, any kind of like, there's so many different technologies online, you guys. And I'm not going to get into them all today because if you've been anywhere on the internet the past six months, everybody shared so many different resources and ideas. And like I said at the very beginning of this video, it can be overwhelming when you know there's so many different ideas and you're not really sure where to start. But if you do have questions, shoot me a message. I would be happy to share any links with you, okay? My main goal today was talking about technology and how not to let it uh, keep you stuck when it comes to teaching. Don't overwhelm your students, but still show up for them. And then the last thing I wanna say about technology is the fact that it is never going to replace you as the teacher, okay? It feels like it is right now. Let's be honest. It feel I've heard this from so many teachers. I feel like what I do doesn't matter. I feel like they're, you know, I've always struggled as feeling like I had to prove myself as a music teacher, but this year I feel like especially like they don't care. You do matter. And technology is not replacing you. You are providing ways for your kids to learn music, but you're still guiding them. You can still send supplemental resources for them. You can still talk about it with them. Hey, you remember that website I sent you? Let's talk about it in a Zoom call the next, or show up to their um, Zoom call and maybe even the last five or 10 minutes of class, talk about what did you explore over there on Chrome Music Lab? What did you create? Tell me about it. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Do you remember the rhythms you created? What instruments did you use? Did you plug in any dynamics or tempo? Oh, oh that's awesome. Oh, your friend did the same activity? They did that drumming activity too? Cool, let's talk about it. How can you compare and contrast what you did? There's so many on the spot things like that you can do with your kids. So you're still teaching music. Even if you're just sending home something to kids for them to do on their own, there is still a way for you connect, to connect with them. If they're not coming to you, I've said this from in the spring even, when this all started, if the kids aren't coming to your Zoom calls and they're not showing up to your Google Classroom much, show up to theirs. Go to, and that's gonna take a lot of time on your part, but you can just pick, just like you would in a school week, one, uh, one uh, kinder, first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade class every every week. Maybe one week you're showing up for these classes and you're making it a point to go into the Google Classroom or provide them resources or show up to their Zoom call or whatever it might be. The next week you could rotate and do a different group of kiddos. So you're feeling like you're, you can't do every kid every single class every week, okay? But maybe, maybe you could, maybe you could. It depends on your school and your situation. I know some um, virtual learners, all fifth graders are paired together. So if that's the case, then that's fine. But I also know schools where every class is still separated out. And so you have to just do whatever is you're comfortable with. And just as long as your goal is to show it for your students, whatever that looks like, technology is not replacing you. 
you in your classroom are still teaching music, even if you can't sing, even if the kids can't sing, even if they can't do movement activities and find a partner in do-si-do and hold hands and trot down the middle of Alabama Gal or whatever, you're still teaching music. And it's it's just a, a lot of, I feel like, um, of teachers feeling stuck right now is the fact that maybe you've done things the same way for like 12 years and all of a sudden you're like, what? all these different trainings, Orphan Could Die and workshops I've been to and Dow Crows and all these things I've pulled in all these resources and a folk, you know, I have all these folk dances I've done with kids and composition activities and touch, you know, touch the smart board and come in, whatever it might be. And this year you're like, I literally feel like about 1% of what I normally do, I'm able to do this year. But here's the thing. I posted this on Instagram this morning and just at Jessica Peresta, but here's what I want you to, I want you to hear me say, you're going to have technology not cooperate. You're going to have days where you're ready to go and you just feel like everything's broken. You're going to have days where you feel you see the kid's face is like, you're going to have days where it feels like you're showing up and giving your all and maybe like not very many of the kids you can tell are accessing the resources you provided. You're going to have those days. What do you do? You keep showing up anyways. You still bring your energy. You still show up with joy, even if it's hard. Even if you feel like, I don't feel like doing this anymore, and this is super hard, you still show up for joy, with joy. And the other thing I want to say is when you're showing up and teaching to a camera, it's way different, obviously, for a lot of reasons, than teaching in person. But when those kids come in your classroom doors, when you're in person, you still show up with joy. You still sit there and you're, I'm so excited to see you today. Normally you'd give them high fives at the door. You can't do that. So give me an elbow or give me a nothing. Give me an air high five. Well, the same energy you bring to your students every single day in your classroom, even if you feel burnt out by the class before them, you know, if this fifth grade class was giving you a hard time and then you have second graders coming to you and you're like, oh, here we go. Hey guys. Okay. You have no idea that last class period was a doozy, but you don't, you don't let them know that because they're a new crew of kids and they have no idea what just went on. Well, the same way you show up for your students in person, when you're teaching virtually, you have to show up with even more energy and you're like, oh good. Why? Because if I'm sitting here right now, think about this as you're watching me and I'm like, Hey guys, we're going to talk about technology today. Aren't you so excited? And I'm just here to give you a pep talk. Thanks for coming. Like, you know, like you could talk like this in your regular classroom, but the kids can see your body language. They can see your eyes. They, and you're obviously not going to talk about like a robot in person or virtually, but when you're showing up virtually, you have to bring even more energy because you're just seeing like a floating head usually, unless you're standing up, you know, with the camera angled a different way, whatever it might be, but you do have to show up with more energy. You have to kind of let go. If all the technology is breaking and you feel like you're having a hard time figuring it out and you're having a hard time adjusting your lesson plans, the kids don't know that. They're not, they're not aware of all the stuff going on. So you're like, I really need to work on this, but I have to take a break to show up live for my students or to record this video and I'll come back to that later. The kids don't know about it. It's not their fault and it's my problem to figure it out and I'm going to still show up and teach anyways. So you don't go, here's the thing, guys. You have no idea what happened this morning. It's insane. Let's talk about it. And you spend 15 minutes talking about that with your students and they're all like, because they're having some stuff going on in their little lives too. If they're still at home, they miss being at school. Their parents are struggling to help them with virtual learning. Been there, done that. Trust me, it's not 
um, they are really missing you. They're missing normalcy just as much as you are. If you're teaching in person and these little little boys and girls are showing up with their masks on their face, they don't like it just as much as you don't like it. They miss singing. They want to show up and play instruments. They, they don't want to have to disinfect stuff either. They want to they wanna do like partner dances and partner activities and small group stuff. They want that. They miss it too. But instead of being like, don't you guys miss the way music was last year? Be like, hey guys, you know what's really cool? We can't sing, but you know what we can do instead? We're going to listen to this song and we're all going to pat the steady beat together. And guess what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to include a recording in my Google Classroom for you to sing the song at home. Isn't that awesome? How cool is it that your parents will be able to sing right along with you at home? Awesome, isn't it? And so just make it special making a positive spin on things, even taking the most negative situation and the hardest situation and making it positive is what your students need, okay? So you, human being, are gonna have emotions. You're gonna feel like, you're like, this is, this is not, I'm done, <laughs> you know? You're gonna have those days, but you show up anyways, okay? Then you go and cry in your closet after, after that live video is done, okay? Okay, so I just wanted to encourage you Take a deep breath and show up today and get it. Get after it and do whatever you need to do. And I'm here to help you with whatever I can. So ask me any questions, okay? Well, hey there. Thank you so much for listening into the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. There is an exclusive Facebook group just for listeners of this podcast and any elementary music teacher called the Elementary Music Teacher Community Facebook group. Come on over and join us there where we have conversations around the podcast episodes and encourage each other each and every week. And also head to my website, thedomesticmusician.com. I have some free resources there that you can download to help you gain traction in your classroom today as well as the blog and the membership site and all kinds of other goodies to help you keep going in your music teaching journey. I cannot wait to keep connecting with you and encouraging you and spurring you on in your journey of teaching elementary music. Hang in there, have an amazing week, and I will see you soon.